0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. This Thursday, April 20th through Sunday the 23rd, Irish music lovers in the STL area will mark a joyous milestone weekend. It's the 25th anniversary of St. Louis Channel, St. Louis's only Irish music festival. What's the history behind this festival and the secret to its longevity? And is the festival only for folks of Irish descent? We've got Channel co-founder and organizer Mike Mullins. Welcome. Thank you and pipe and flute player, Nick Brown, welcome to you as well. Thank you. To talk with us about that and more. Thanks so much for being here. Mike, we just heard a set of reels by a group of musicians that will perform at this weekend's festival. Is that indicative of what folks can expect at this weekend's performances and sessions?
2: Absolutely, I mean, they're, uh, They'll, they'll hear a variety of music and of different types of Irish tunes that are all really uh, sort of, at least the faster ones, based on dances that people would perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's slow tunes, airs, and, and um, sort of pieces that are sometimes referred to as pieces. Um, but a variety of music, and they'll hear that all this weekend.
1: Now, traditional Irish music comes in several forms, Reels, jigs, polkas, ballads, and laments, and you mentioned the dance that includes reels, hornpipes, and jigs. Can you talk o- about the different styles and what distinguishes them one from another?
2: In terms of the dance music, it's 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 timing, and uh, playing a tune that complements the that complements the, um, the the dance that's being done. Um, there are, are a number of others that you didn't mention, uh, and some of them are regional. Uh, slides and polkas are found more often down in the southwest part of Ireland in the lucra area, um, whereas up north in the northwest, you'll find highlands and flings and uh, shotishes and th- things like that. Uh, the reels and jigs tend to be fairly universal. Uh, there are slip jigs as well. Um, and so on. So it's a variety of tunes that were uh, basically developed to accompany dance music or dancers um, in a variety of settings.
1: Okay. So you're really not meant to be still as you're listening to the music.
2: I, if if you're being still while you're listening to the music, it's a it's a slow air that's designed to make you want to cry.
1: Okay. <laughs> now, we've been referring to sessions. Right. What is a session, Mike?
2: Uh, a group of musicians just sitting down and saying let's have a tune together Um, and in many ways it's it's a social event because instead of maybe having a a word conversation you're having a musical conversation Mm. and so a small session is is a delight um, because you're really one person does something and you're like, ooh, this wasn't that kind of interesting. And then you do something and they sort of have the same reaction, but you're still playing the same tune. And that's what's so interesting about the music is the little variations and things and ornaments that people put into it um, so that it becomes their own, if mm-hmm. you will.
1: Well, it's very much in line with a lot of what we've talked about on the show with other types of music, where there is the response and um, very active interactions. It's wonderful to hear that this also falls uh, in that category. Now, What are the special qualities of a session, and how do they compare to other music performances?
2: Ooh, um, I suppose... Uh... For one thing, the musicians are almost always sitting, facing each other, or looking at each other. Um, there are breaks for a chat. Um, it's it's not it it's a social event more than a presentation. Mm-hmm. I guess is maybe the easiest way I can say that um, that you, you're you're there to interact with somebody not only to, to to have a chat, but also to play a tune uh, as opposed to sitting in front of an audience and performing.
1: Mm-hmm. Nick, you have been coming to St. Louis, and we'll get to a little bit of that history um, in a moment, but you've been coming to St. Louis specifically for this channel festival. Um, from your perspective, what are the special qualities of a session and in terms of other music performances, maybe, that you have been part of um, in other contexts, what is it about the sessions that happen here that is something that's drawn you back?
0: Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good question. So, I mean, one of the interesting things um, about uh, like a channel, and this channel specifically, is the fact that you get to play music with world-class performers. So Mike's got a, a ton of great people coming in. Um, and has for years. So the very first time I came here was in 2007, and it was wild to realize that I could just sit with, you know, some really, really, really amazing musicians when I was just a beginner myself. And, and it's social music, so you get to do that. You know, you, even if you're not the most amazing musician, you get to sit there and, and play music with people, and they'll, they'll you know, help you out They'll be generous, they'll be nice, uh, and you know, you sit and listen a lot because you don't know much, but it's still great. <laughs> it's really nice. So and, and that's one of the that's why I keep coming back. I have a I have a
2: great picture of Michael Stribling, who will be coming here to teach this year when he was about, I want to say ten years old, <laughs> with Kevin Henry, who unfortunately is no longer with us. He was a great flute player, Piper from Chicago. He was a, a great person. And he's giving Michael a reed, and he's say, saying to Michael, "It's time for this reed to have a new life." Um, and the, the, Michael was just learning the pipes at that time, and it, it's. But that's what it's all
1: about—sort mm-hmm. mm. of passing on, sharing, mm. sharing things around. Now, Nick, I had said earlier about your coming to St. Louis for the festival, mm. but you have come to St. Louis to live, right? And you recently moved here. Yeah. Though you've been visiting the city for many years, how much did St. Louis's music scene play into your decision to actually like pick up house and move here? Yeah,
0: uh, it, it's one hundred percent. Honestly, um, it's the thing about the the sessions and the social aspect is that you end up making really good friends, and so so it's the music, but the music because of the friends I've made here. Um, so there's a couple a couple of my really good friends who are teaching this weekend, uh, um, Eileen Gannon and Rob Ryan. Um, and I'm living in their former apartment. They just bought a house. Uh, so yeah, that they're a big reason why I'm here. Uh, another uh, person who's taught before and, and helped is involved in, Helping Mike with the Channel is Emer Arkins, and she's another reason why I'm here. It's all sorts of people that, you know, it's the music, but it's the friends. As they say, it's the friends we made along the way. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And Emer Arkins was actually um, on our show. She spoke with our producer, Emily Woodbury, and, and she talked about the way circumstances brought her to Missouri and St. Louis but the scene is really the thing that kept her here
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Nick you are not Irish but you fell in love with the music
3: um
1: what do you enjoy about the playing style and about sessions
0: oh so many things uh it's just fun it's super fun um yeah, when I when I first kind of got uh, you know interested in it, um, I was growing up in Ontario, and uh, there was a piper from Dublin uh, named Chris Langen. Uh, there's a there's a similar channel up in Toronto named after him. Uh, I never met him, but I learned uh, from one of his students who was just in the next town over, and I heard him playing the illan pipes, which Mike and I had with us, and uh, and I just fell in love with the sound. So it was really first, it was the sound. And then it was the fact that I could just play social music with people and have, you know, just a lot of fun. Um, there's a great line. Uh, so um, I know this, uh, somebody who's teaching this weekend, Sean Gavin, his dad, uh, Mick Gavin, said, you know, not everyone, not, you know, Johnny, not every little Johnny is going to be first chair violin, but everyone can play in a session. Everyone can have fun in a session. I love that.
1: We need to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll continue this St. Louis on the Air conversation about Channel, St. Louis's 25-year strong festival celebrating Irish music. Welcome back, I'm Eileen Cha. We're talking with Nick Brown, flute and pipe player, and Mike Mullins, co-founder of St. Louis Channel, our area's only festival dedicated to Irish music. St. Louis Channel starts on Thursday, April 20th, and runs through Sunday, April 23rd at various locations in the city. Friday night's concert is already sold out, but there are still tickets available for Saturday night's show. You can purchase them at chanel.org. That's T-I-O-N-O-L.org. You can also find more information on our site, stlonair.show. Let's talk about the instruments. So you both play bagpipes, and today you've brought in a set of illan pipes. Now, these are quite different from... Scottish Highland bagpipes that many of us know. Correct. Mike, tell us about the, the difference between bagpipes and illin pipes.
2: Wow. Well, there are hundreds of different kinds of bagpipes all over the world, for starters, I suppose. But these were developed um, uh, sort of in the late 18th century. And they are would be considered a parlor instrument, uh, as opposed to a, a, a instrument of war or battle or something. Um, and you have to play them sitting down. Uh, they're much, much quieter than highland pipes. Uh, and they have seven reeds in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar, th- Four of them are similar to an oboe reed, a double reed, and three single reeds um, uh, that uh, provide the music for the drones. Um, and they've evolved sort of over the years to their present form. They've been in their present form now for about the last oh, 125 years, something like that.
1: Now, you've offered to perform, Nick and Blake, uh, a brief demonstration of the Elan Pipes. Uh, what is it that you are about to play?
2: Well, I think Nick was, was Nick going to talk about the pipes a little bit? Yeah, is there some more that you'd like to
0: add about? I can show you, I can play the various sounds, or we can just dive straight into playing something together, either way.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah, let's dive right in. Okay,
0: perfect. So, uh, yeah, we'll play a a jig together then uh, called Garrett Berries. uh, And, uh, yeah, so a jig is in 6-8. And, yeah, go from there. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> <wonderful>. <laughs> so what we are hearing, uh, there is some explanation of the Ilan Pipes that you wanted to sure. offer. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, so what we're, what we're hearing is uh, just like the Highland Pipes, you've got the drones. So there's three notes playing octaves apart. And then we've got things that are called regulators, which you can't see because it's the radio. But you play them with your wrist. So you can play chords along with it. And then there's the main thing that plays the melody, which is the chanter. So unlike the highland pipes, there's actually a full two octaves and it is technically chromatic, although no one ever plays full chromatics on it.
1: Okay, (laughs) and why is that?
0: Because it's tuned to the drones. And so if you tried to play an E major instead of D major, it would sound really bad.
1: Okay. Mike, what does it take to be able to play this instrument well?
2: Lots of practice. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> and how does that practice, you know, typically come about? Um, how do people learn?
2: Well, the biggest the biggest problem is is sort of acquiring a decent uh, practice set to begin with, um, and you want to be a little careful doing that. Uh, and then the best thing you can do is find a teacher. Uh, there are videos online, but uh, To get started, you're really much better off sort of working with somebody Mm one-on-one. And then lots of playing.
1: Yeah, so Mike, you are of Irish heritage, and you spent several years in your childhood living in Ireland. Did you pick this up because you grew up with Irish music?
2: I first heard the Pipes as a kid over there, the Ilan Pipes, Um, but uh, there was no music in my family, really. Um, I played the Highland Pipes with a band here in St. Louis uh, when I was in college and right out of college um, back in the old days in Gaslight Square uh, and then I had always wanted to get a hold of a set of villain Pipes because I loved the sound mm-hmm. but it wasn't until the 80's that I was able to find a set and that started my journey.
1: Okay and it is a beautiful instrument um, I mean, how much does it cost to to procure a, a, an instrument like this?
2: At the You're very so... high end, you can be <laughs> into five figures.
1: Wow. Okay. And are there certain makers that are are known?
0: Oh yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. And uh, are you holding one of them between the two of you?
0: Yeah. So uh, both Mike and I are playing a set of pipes that was made by two guys, uh, Benedict Kohler and David Quinn. So they're, they're both Kohler and Quinn pipes, um, those are definitely some of the best. Um, uh, I also have a set from Joe Kennedy, who's another great maker, and Mike's got a couple of sets. We were talking about this before. Derek Gleason. Uh, so there are some like really, really good makers out there, um, and more every day, which is great. Uh, it used to be really, really difficult to get them, even when I first started You know, uh, almost 20 years ago, or just over 20 years ago. It's very challenging to find a good maker. Mm-hmm. You can't get them in a music store. You have to find somebody that makes them and wait until they're done. Uh-huh. So. Yeah.
1: Wow. So, I mean, what would be the, the basic price sort of entry point for this instrument?
2: Well, you can get a practice set for sort of $1,500, $1,800. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a bag, bellows, and chanter. Uh, but you want to get it from a good maker because then it can be expanded. You can add the drones, you can add the regulators to that basic set. But a chanter is the heart of the instrument.
1: Mm-hmm. No, Mike, this is the 25th year of the festival. Right. And you co-founded St. Louis Channel in 1998. What was St. Louis's Irish music scene like at that time?
2: Uh, not much. Okay. <laughs> Nothing like it is now. Uh Um, Helen Gannon was running the St. Louis Irish Arts School. But so many of the kids coming out of that would drop out after they graduated high school and went off to college. So there wasn't really much going on. There were no sessions going on at the time. uh, And there was music at McGurk's. Now there was good music at McGurk's uh, then. Joe Burke was there and bringing in some amazing people. And my first pipe teacher, Michael Cooney, was there with Joe at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And how has the the scene, how has it grown and evolved?
2: Uh, it's, it's I think, been a, a sort of a slow evolution into so where it is now. I'd like to think that the Ternal has been helpful to some degree with that. Um, but now there are two regular sessions in St. Louis. Um, there's a... a sort of a group of people that are playing music on a regular basis uh, that get together. And so it's much more lively than it was in days gone by.
3: And,
1: yeah, uh, sure. Yeah,
0: Helen daughter Eileen Gannon, who I mentioned before, is still, you know, very much involved with the St. Louis Irish Arts. Uh, I think it's one of the best Irish music schools in the country. It's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I'm here, because mm-hmm. I think they're doing great things. And yeah, there's there's a lot, I think there's a lot of going on in St. Louis that's really cool.
1: And you've been coming to this festival mm-hmm. for 15 years. What have you seen change over time?
0: It does seem like there's more music than there used to be. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's I get I only get the the channel, uh, viewpoint so up until now. So it's it's there it seems like there's a lot of musicians in for that weekend, and I don't know what it's like the rest of the time. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike, you told our producer Emily Woodbury that the heart of Irish music is a social event, and you'd mentioned that earlier in this segment. Um, Irish music isn't just about the tunes; it's a way of life. What do you mean by that?
2: It it is the the music itself is just a, a part of of a gathering of people. So it, it's 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 one of the main dishes, if you will. But it, it's it it's a reason to get together. But it's it's also all about the people getting together. And as Nick mentioned. Um, moving here because he had good friends here, but also playing the music. So it's it's all of the above, and and um, it it's great to be in a in a session where you're getting to meet, see friends, have a chat with them between tunes and so
0: on. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's
2: all about.
1: Yeah. Nick, who should attend?
0: Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, yeah, if you want to hear great music, go to the Sheldon. Uh, if you want to learn great music, go to the workshops. Mm-hmm. If you want to just hang out and watch people play or join in with people, then go to the sessions. But all of it and everyone should come. It's mm-hmm.
1: great. Now, in terms of those sessions, um, you know, what is the best etiquette for for people who are going to the sessions? You know, if people play instruments, can they join in? And does it matter what they play, Mike?
2: Well, it, it it doesn't, in terms of an instrument, it doesn't really matter provided they know the tunes. So one of the, the things about Irish music sessions is that people don't play from a music book. They don't bring written music with them. The, the tunes are all in your head. Okay. And you're expected to sort of know them and be able to play up to speed. Okay. And you have to be willing to realize that you're not going to know all the tunes um, and if you're not able to play along at up to speed, then the best thing you can do is just listen mm-hmm. and enjoy it.
1: So does that then follow like a, an oral and aural tradition? Very much. Okay. Yeah. And is there a good way to get better at that?
0: The workshops on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and and practice <laughs> and practice. Yeah. yeah. Um, with this
1: with this iteration of the festival, is there anything? Um, new or unique about what people will be seeing this year, Mike?
2: Uh, Some new faces in the in the instructors that are coming in. Mm. Um, We sort of have kept the same format pretty well. We do start off on Thursday night with a Kaylee, uh, and that's been a fairly recent addition in the last few years. Um, And again, that speaks to the the dance music origin of, of a lot of, of Irish music. Mm-hmm. So it's not something you need to know anything specific about. There'll be somebody there to teach the, the dances, uh, but there'll be live music, and uh, it's a good way to come out and have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. and. There'll be a session going on downstairs. OK.
0: Yeah, and uh, Jackie is the dance instructor this year for for the workshops on Saturday. She'll be the one calling the Kaylee and teaching people. Right. And then uh, myself and Eileen and a few of her friends are going to play the music for it. So it'll be fun. It
1: sounds like it's yeah. going to be a, a great time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nick and,
1: Brown. Oh, sure. And that's
0: at Pat Connolly Tavern on Thursday. Pat sure Connolly, saying. yes. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Nick Brown is a pipe and flute player and recent transplant to St. Louis, and Mike Mullins is co-founder of St. Louis Channel, our city's only Irish music festival, which celebrates its 25th anniversary this week. St. Louis Channel happens uh, starting Thursday, April 20th through Sunday, April 23rd. There are still tickets available for Saturday night's show. You can find a link to the festival webpage and tickets on our website, stlonair.show. So... Uh, to play us out. Here's Mike and Nick on the
0: Ilan Pipes. Let's see, do you know Harris Paul? Sure. Uh, Actually, Silver Spear, how about the Silver Spear?
1: So this is part of the
0: (laughs) 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 oral tradition.
1: tradition. This episode was produced by Emily Woodburn. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dork.
3: Our production intern is Avery Rogers.
1: Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer.
3: St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. <music> Understanding starts here.
0: Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group.